Are you a sneakerhead? Yeah, boy! A baller? Ballin'. Want to know about the hottest brands you can lace up and run with? Well, get ready, because we got all the details right here. Nice take by James. Oh, he stops! LeBron James puts it down in the face of James Johnson. Kevin Durant way outside. Delivers! Kevin Durant from downtown. It's a six-point game. And it goes off to Kobe. Good to ride Kobe underneath. Puts his nose on the line again. Makes the basket. He's fouled. Oh, what a play. And Kobe, after he was fouled, after the ball nestled in the net, he waved to a cameraman down in front. Says, take my picture, baby. Sixers running the break. Iverson accelerating to the jam. It's kicks and bricks where we got game on the streets, and on the court. Money's gotta be the shoes. Shoes, shoes, shoes. shoes. You sure it's not the shoes? I'm sure, Mars. Money's gotta be the shoes. And here's your host, Jamel Cutler. What up? Welcome to Kicks. It's time to get spooky. So we have our boy Marcus Harvey from the his show. Wright Brothers on Discovery Plus. How you doing, Mark? How you doing? What's going on? What's going on? I like how we uh, combine both shows together to be like a Fright Brothers. Could be Fright Club and Ghost Brothers, but we're going to put it together today. Fright Brothers, I like it. What's happening, homie? What's good, man? You guys are like the Black Ghostbusters to me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> With flavor. With flavor, baby. You know what I'm saying? We keep it, we keep it mad flavorful. Facts, man. You guys are like Ghostbusters that... Um, that I like hype these. <laughs> yeah, that's what we, we keep. We keep it funky, man. I had yeah. me some. Uh, I had me some Virgil Off White uh, fours on on one episode coming up pretty soon. So I'm trying. You know, I'm trying. I might resell them things now that I'm a celebrity. Word. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know. So how did you become interested in the paranormal? Because me, like, if I'm home alone and I hear like a noise or a bang. You know, I'm ready to run out the house. Uh, that was probably me the first season, <laughs> to be totally honest. But the way I got kind of talked into it is uh, I'm actually a barber, so um, my bad. I'm actually a barber. So um, at the time, Dalen was one of my clients, and me and him worked on a project together prior to that, a little sitcom pilot. And we just hit it off, just remained friends. I started cutting his hair for some years. And then we just kind of kicked it. And then one day the bro came in my chair and I was like, yo, man, what you think about being some black ghost hunters? I was like, what? Nah, I said the exact same thing you said. I'm like, bro, I'm running out the room if there's a ghost up in that mug. And he's like, nah, man, I'm, just, I'm being serious. So I was like, shoot, okay, let's try it. So uh, um, the network, uh, an actual production company hit me up. A casting company actually hit me up first. And they were just like, you know, Dalian told them about me, you know, you know, my, my background in stand-up and just, you know, what kind of dude I was. I was gonna keep it all over the real. It's gonna be a great addition. Had a couple inter- had a couple of conversations with people at the network. Then we did this little pilot episode of Savannah, man, and it was amazing. So after that, they just rocked with us. And then from there we had a show and you know, I've been doing the paranormal ever since. Like you're from the UK, right? Um, just overall, like no, I'm from. Is- I'm from. If if you mean UK, meaning underground Atlanta, yeah, I'm from the underground Atlanta. I'm from the A though. All right, so like Atlanta, like 
well, just the South in general is just basically spooky. Like Alabama is kind of spooky. Like Louisiana, like with, with all them plantations. Yeah. And stuff. So what is it like, like going to like places like that? Like that. Right. It's, uh, it's actually kind of crazy because, you know, with most uh, paranormal teams, they're predominantly white. You know what I'm saying? So they get a different reaction when they go to these plantations versus where we go. But that's being the only black people you know, pretty much not only, but we're very few in the in the industry. You know what I'm saying? I still haven't met three more, <laughs> so it's a very few, the few in the in the crowd. Uh, but we literally just went from like when we did a plantation, uh, we did the Mon- Mon- uh, Magnolia Plantation in Lu- in uh, Louisiana, and when we did that work, it was just, it was eerie, but it wasn't because it was more welcoming if that makes any sense, because, you know, our ancestors were there too. So they weren't kind of making it hostile towards us. But when we went into that uh, that house, that plantation, you can feel that energy change, you know what I'm saying? And I don't feel like energy dies. And that's why I feel like you can definitely tell that there are like these ghosts and paranormal and things of that name, nature, you know? What type of energy were you getting at the other plantation? Was it like, like the old slave masters was like, all right, we, all right, bet we got you. Nah. Like they know what they ask now. They know it ain't, ain't, ain't <laughs> they know it ain't no game no more, but homeboy. This is 2022. Why? What you trying to talk about? You get no, you pick some cotton motherfucker. Nah, <laughs> it's different. It is a different energy, man. Nah, it's a cool energy though. But when we went into like the um overseer's house, you could tell that there was a little bit more hostility hostility. But when you we would go out to like the slaves' quarters or like the the um, our ancestors' quarters, it would just be a lot more like, yo, this is like, you know how you ever, you ever been over your grandmother's house and it's the first time you've been over your grandmother's house and she brings out all the uh, all the photos and tells oh, yeah. you that's how it felt. It's like the eyes are watching you. Yeah, but it's like a welcoming, like, hey, let me show you something else about us and let me show you this about us. The episode I seen we, when, when you guys was at the plantation, it kind of reminded me of like the Blair Witch Project. And I think we're like the same age, you know, 30, um, 34, 35. Yeah, yeah. Um, did that show from back in the day have a hand in your curiosity or does, um, or did that show kind of like influence your show right now? Um, I think Blair Witch influenced pretty much everybody's paranormal uh, interest, you know what I'm saying? It was like one of the first time people kind of could feel like they were inside of a, a paranormal investigation, you know what I'm saying? That would bring their most fearful things to happen, which is what happened in Blair Witch, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I mean, it it actually kept me from even wanting to be in the paranormal. I'm like, hell nah, shoot, they got these folks. Why would I want to go do that? What is the, what is the appeal to that? That's fucking that. Why? <laughs> Why do we Facts, need? Man. Why do we need to? That's how I always feel. Facts. It was that movie and it was the Ouija board for me. You know, See? I wouldn't with nothing. I wasn't even doing that. I lived in Morristown, Tennessee when I was a teenager, right? So I was in Morristown, Tennessee, predominantly, uh, predominantly uh, Caucasian uh, town. And they love those movies. They like Mar- That's why I fit so well with my team, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> because I know, I know the Southern, you know, I know the Southern 
just the feel of how they were. So it's cool to know that like now I'm able to connect with them even more now. But back in the day, in high school, when they be trying to watch some movies, I'd be like, I'm all right, dog. I'm all right, good. I'll go, I'll go see, I'll go see uh, Above the Rim, but I ain't gonna go see no Blair Witch. Come on, real. <laughs> I got family from Louisiana and like some of them, they might deny it, but like they dabble kind of in, in, in voodoo a lot. Yeah. Those like those people houses, I won't go to. Period. Man, you can't be. You know what I will say though. You can't be scared of it, man. Like that's one thing. That, that's one thing that I have found in this journey, as they would say, is like not to be so closed off to what could be so something that's dope in your life that you never knew was going to be dope. You know what I'm saying? And this is a lot of times. Had I been kind of closed off, I, and I'm like, nah, I'm good on uh, the the ghost hunt. You know, I wouldn't be. You know, I wouldn't be here to be totally honest. I wouldn't have what I have. I wouldn't have the the art gallery. I wouldn't be doing a lot of different things without this uh, opportunity to kind of really build some great stuff. You know, um, you're investigating the past life of people, and like I see that you guys are able to like enjoy life more by doing this, mm-hmm. and like and be grateful for the things that you have. Has being on the show kind of helped you in that space? Yeah. Because you know that everybody that you investigate, they had a life too. You know, their story had a beginning and then their story had an end. And you sometimes, a lot of these things are like very close to home. You know, they live pretty much the exact same way that I might have lived, you know, if I had some of the things that they had. It's just to see like that there's going to be an end. It makes you like really like, dang, man, I need to work harder. <laughs> I need to go, I need to go more or I need to like re- not even work harder. Let me get out of that. I don't need to work harder. I personally don't need to work. I need to enjoy life more. And like you said before, it's enjoying life, enjoying what you're doing, enjoying the, the journey, and really just, you know, trying to be that. Because I ain't trying to be no ghost. Ghosts seem like they just petty. You know what I'm saying? Like they just stayed on, stayed around. Like, oh, somebody killed me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to be that. I just want to be on to the next. If it's the next life, on to the next life. If it's another body, I get another body and I can start this thing back over. Yeah. I'm going to be left-handed. You know, if you could come back as anybody, like, who would you come back? Because if I could come back as as anybody, I want to come back, like, 20 years, not 20 years from now, because I still got a ways to go. <laughs> but, like, 20 years after I'm gone and, like, come back as an NBA player, because hopefully, you know, the Supermax contracts will be way up. More. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or even like a professional gambler, like I would somehow like get the results of Yeah. You know what? So you trying to be you trying to be on some back to the future. You trying to be Biff. You trying to go back and get and get the, the almanac. I see what you're trying to do. It's if so- I was to come, you know what? I'm gonna be totally honest. My life is so lit, bro. I can't even say I would want to if I could come back as me in 20 years from now again, just to run it back, that's what I would call it. I would call it my run it back year. You know what I'm saying? Run that thing back. Because, bro, I mean, we got the show. We get to do something that not a lot of people are able to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, the life lit, bro. I won't be me again. Just a little taller. Maybe like 6'2". A 6'2 me. That's what I'll be, a 6'2 me. 6'2? Two? All right. That's, that's yeah, about the size. Yeah, I just I don't wanna and I can still have asthma. I can still have asthma just to keep me humble. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, that's pretty much. 
because I need something to keep me humble. You know, like, what's the scariest situation you've been in, like, doing these expeditions? All right, so we was in this basement at the Washington, uh, no, in Washington, Georgia, at the Fitzpatrick Hotel. And um, this is before we kind of got, got a real rhythm on how we would film, what, how, you know, isolations would be, how long we'd be filming, what the goal was, you know, investigations. And so I had an isolation moment where I was in the basement of this, like, hotel. And uh, it's one of my old school basements, like, some of it's finished, some of it's unfinished, like clay. And they had like this door that was like, so they had me in an isolated situation. So, right. So they had me in the chair and they had like three or four cameras set up around, pitch black. But uh, right in the middle of like, of the basement, where they said that someone had passed away or something of that nature. So um, I'm sitting right there. And as I look forward, I see like a, a frame of a light being come like frame something like a door. Oh wow. And bro, when I was like, oh hell no, I got up and walked out. I just because this is the first season, I didn't even have to I wasn't contractually obligated to stay in dangerous spots at this point. You feel me? So I just walked out. I just walked out. I was like, get out. No, we got you got your footage. Leave me alone. You know what I'm saying? Now that you're like a few years into this, like is there a place that you won't visit? Hell. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only place I would have been. Uh, yeah, anything that has remnants of hell, uh, touches of hell, um, decor like hell, I'm not trying to. If they kind of hell theme, I'm not really trying to, you know, investigate that spot. So, but everything else, man, I'm more so interested in nowadays. It's the story that you get to kind of like dive into, like why somebody's still there. You know, who is it that's there haunting the place? It may not be who you thought it was initially. It might be somebody else from a different time, you know what I'm saying? It might be somebody from some, might be some residual um, hauntings from way back in the day. It might be, you know, a poltergeist, something that's present. You know, it's just a lot of different things nowadays. Listen to me sound like an expert out of here, no worry. Go ahead. Or man, like, um, in churches, like, like some churches, not all of them, you know, like the really big ones, the big cathedrals, I think those are pretty um, spooky. Yeah, especially like the ones out the country. Yeah, like, you go to them at nighttime. I'm like, bro, I can't. Uh, yeah, they, they keep the services in the daytime. That's <laughs> what I say. I go. I go and go to revival at 11 a.m. No watch. We're not doing no watch night services there. You know, you mentioned like telling people stories. Like, I think you guys visit in like a war torn country like would be a good place for you guys to to go for like future seasons you know what i realized too though for me i like going i like going to more um like i think there is a team that is meant, meant for that to go to a war-torn country but the way my bougie is set up now bro um <laughs> People die everywhere. They died in some resorts. They died in like Hawaii. They died. You know, people might want to hear that story too. I just, you know what I'm saying? So, but that would be kind of crazy. I just, I do understand. I, I would see that there would be a lot of activity in those type of environments, especially they, you know, like with all that stuff. You know what I'm saying? 
especially um you know that place i think it's in russia where they had that chemical explosion and like people can't go there for like 40 years i forgot the name of it it was a uh, show on, on hbo about it a couple years back but like but like places like that where they have like radioactive stuff i know you guys can get some some good signals there yeah like chernobyl and stuff like that oh yeah 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 that's that's what i was thinking about it also like we need you guys to go to like las vegas and la where tupac and biggie yeah. died i'll do that i'll definitely do that to see if if we, if we have the ghost of, of pop you know there's this place in vegas i forgot the name of it they still have they they have his car for auction the car that he died in yeah yeah it was going for like 1.5 million the last time out the last time i seen it but they took out like the bullet holes and and the blood stains and stuff they should have left that in to me yeah you gotta leave you get i don't know yeah, maybe the the stains the bullet holes definitely it looks like a new car but i'm just, I'm just saying like they should have left it in just because what happened that's crazy that pop yeah that's a crazy little situation man yeah like if you can um speak to their spirit like what do you think they would say or what type of vibe would they throw out at you um i think there'd be it depends on what i would be asking them you know what kind of questions if they you know as we know about their personalities tupac was a lightning rod so couldn't ask too many dumb questions to him without him <laughs> without him like you help me you know what i'm saying but uh <laughs> but uh biggie I think Biggie would be real laid back. So I don't think he'd be doing a lot. I think he'd just be communicating through like an obvious or like a, a spirit box, very chill. I'd be trying to get some bars though. I wouldn't lie. I'd try to get some bars. And I'd act like it was me who wrote it. They don't need them. Being a ghostwriter? <laughs> I literally have a ghostwriter. Literally have a ghostwriter. You guys should come to New York too, man. Like I can see a ghost from, from here talking about like, like, are you dead ass right now? Like, yeah. Like yeah. More hood spots. If we get some more hood spots, like dead ass, you know, mm -hmm. dead ass B, you know what I'm saying, son? Real check it. Yo, I'm yo, I'm hunting this place for mad crazy B. Is that what the, that's how the ghost will come out? Yo, mad brawly B. We out here hunting stuff. We inside B. We inside. Bong Bing. You know what I'm saying? Bong Bing. You know, have you ever been on the subway in New York? Because I'm sure there's a lot of, you know, dead people in there. Like the subway in the East River. Subway is creepy. The subway is creepy. I feel like every time I go to the New York subway, I feel like more so Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is going to happen more than anything paranormal. It always gives me, it always gives me very Master Splendor. You know what I'm saying? But we have like some, some subways that some subway stations that's been closed off since like the 50s and 40s and stuff so like, <laughs> i should should i go I, here yeah you know, i, I ain't like, no one of them rusty nails though get no tetanus shot <laughs> no they ain't cleaned up nothing down there now you know, now that stepped on a rusty nail and my god take that whole foot because y'all want to see me go out <laughs> for a day <laughs> And the East River too. I don't know. Have you ever seen the East River? I'm pretty sure there's that there's some bodies down there. 
Oh. oh man, it's New York. There's there's probably millions of bottles in there. You know, bodies, diapers, all types of stuff. Cars. People in cars that were wearing diapers probably are all in there at the same time. It's the East River. You know, Chinatown in New York has a lot of um, questionable places. I, should. I can say I can definitely tell that, especially with the spirits that they got going on over there. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can definitely tell that there's a lot of things going on over there, man. Would you guys like ever consider a trip to um, to China? Because I've been there before, and you know they got some. Well, the real China, not Chinatown. They got no, some. I go anywhere, man. I've been to China before. Yes, yes, yes. So you know then, like they got a lot of weird, not, not weird, but you know, questionable alleys and. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they have a they have a really strong connection with the spiritual world too, so mm-hmm. I think that would kind of go crazy. Yeah, the Buddhists and the um and the Hindus. Yeah, yeah, that, that is true. You know, there's this haunted house in New York. Um, it's been on the market since I was a kid. Like, but the way that the housing market is set up now, like, if the price is right, would you buy it? Would I, are you asking me would I flip a haunted house? No, you didn't no. Buy it, I flip a haunted no. house. I would, would put, I would, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't buy it. I would buy it, put all new hardwood in there, all new walls, and sell it to a, a regular nice little couple and see if they see how they feel about being in the haunted house. Man, if it's the right price, I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> you just gonna ask for the ghost to uh, chip in on the rent? <laughs> Pretty much. That's or, it. Or I'll pay him rent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, you know, we, we've heard a couple of people. Somebody just sold the Conjuring house for $1.3 million. And that's pretty cheap considering, you know, the housing market now. You know, housing aside, like, we need you guys to come to some sporting arenas because, like, you can't tell me some teams are cursed, especially this. Yeah, right the now. Knicks are cursed. <laughs> the Knicks are definitely cursed. I think I would have to. I think I would have to have front row seats to see it about that haunting, just to make sure that I get down and dirty to see what the floor is really talking about. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we need you. We, yeah, we need you guys there for a whole year. Just <laughs> <laughs> get you get your <laughs> Malcolm Brock. You know, you got, you got your boy. Um, what's the name? Uh, who just signed? Who um. Brunson, Jalen Brunson. Yeah, Jalen Brunson. <laughs> that just gave Jalen Brunson 110, right? Woo. Yeah, they overpaid, but I ain't watching people pocket, you know, good man. No, hey, bless for him. I want to I want to get on. Please let me get on. <laughs> I know you're a Lakers guy, but what happened? What happened with your team this year? Injuries. AD was very hurt. AD, well, because he's out of shape. <laughs> um Russ, Russ was full of, um, I think Russ got, it got in Russ's head, you know, from the jump of the pressure. And he kept trying to play it off like it wasn't a lot of pressure to him. It just kind of kept snowballing, getting worse and worse. Nobody was in, in the lineup. You know, they didn't even have the lineup more than 30 games. So I really feel like this year might be a little different. We'll see. We'll see. We'll definitely see. Because they're changing a the whole new system. So it could right. be more the same. Right, new coach and everything. Like I wanted yeah. Darby Ham to kind of keep 
Rasheed Wallace on the coaching staff, just the AD, but, you know, he gone now. Yeah. Where, where did Wallace go? No way. He's just not going to be in L.A. for whatever mm-hmm. reason now. Because, like, a guy like Sheed, he, he can toughen him up, and, like, he really could take AD to, like, a whole new level. Because yeah. realistically, like, AD's supposed to be, like, one of the top three players in the league right now. He's supposed to be like beyond Giannis. He's supposed to be like Giannis, Nurk, you know, Nurk and, and him. Mm-hmm. But he's always on the on the ground, clutching something. Always. I'm like, you gotta stop wearing Kobe's if your if your ankles are bad. You know what I'm saying? Not for him, Kobe's. It wouldn't matter. Kobe's, Jordan's. He will still be on the ground. <laughs> no matter. He could be some Ewans, some Harvard. <laughs> The pony you would take is still there. Yeah, pretty much. You know, I think you guys should trade, you know, AD for, like, Kevin Durant if the salaries match up. I don't have their salaries in front of me. But I think yeah. that would be a trade for, you know, all parties. I would, too. But, you know, AD ain't going nowhere. That's clutch. They're keeping that man in L.A. You know. He just always hurt, though. Like He always hurt, man. He always hurt and always saw. You know, I would like I would trade AD before Westbrook. To be honest with you, you trade AD, yeah, because at least with um, Westbrook, he'll give you one hundred and ten percent and go all out, hurt or not. I just think that his Westbrook is just not a fit for like playing with LeBron. Like maybe maybe if this was like seven to eight years ago, yes, it would have worked, but. If he comes off the bench, I, I think it will be all right. But I don't see him coming off the bench. He's coming off the bench. That man trying to come off the bench. I know, but he should though, because I just don't want him to go out like, like they tried, to, like they tried to do Melo. Yeah. I, and I think that might actually happen. Hopefully, it won't. But it looked like that you're a hooper. Like, which player would you compare your game to? Baron Davis, BD. A word. That was my game back in the day. Straight up on some Baron Davis. Handles, explosive, had a jumper, but also probably was inconsistent a lot of time. You know, you know, you remember Baron Davis jumping was on. When it was on, it was on. When it wasn't, it was eh, less to be desired. But he had a great passer. Great passer. You know, I use my body, you know what I'm saying? He was like Westbrook before Westbrook. Yeah. Explosive. Yeah. Explosive. You know, yeah. you, and, you, and Steve Franchise. That's back in the day. Yeah. Yeah, Steve Francis was nice. Yeah. Like, would you ever play in the NBA celebrity all-star game? Heck yeah. I'm trying to get I'm trying to get famous now enough. One more, one more of these, one more of these interviews, and I'm there, baby. You know, I think you could at least put up 20 points in, in that game. Cause I think I yeah. could at least two, 10 points. I'm going to give those celebrities buckets. <laughs> I'm going to give, listen, no, me and Los probably going to go at it. It'd be me and Los going at it. With all them other celebrities, I'm going at your neck, turtle. You, you know, know As long as um Kevin Hart don't don't send your shot three rows back. Uh, no. <laughs> you good. No, that's definitely that definitely will never happen. <laughs> if that happens, you just gotta hang it up. No, it's not that. It's not that game. It's a, my game. Ain't, my game ain't sporadic. 
it's a it's a very old wildy game. You know, it's a lot of hit. Uh, gotcha. Create separation. Uh, yeah. Get them in the air. You know what I'm saying? Facts. You know, um, which player you think would be good in the paranormal space? You know, I think um, Birdman Anderson. I think he would be a natural in that world. Kelly Oubre. Kelly Oubre, why? Oh yeah, he from Louisiana. And he just eclectic. Yeah, I can Ooh. see that. I mean, he's eclectic. Um, definitely Westbrook. He's eclectic too. So I couldn't hear him say like, "Nah, I ain't trying to go no ghost hunting." Like, bro, I'm wearing a skirt before, dog. So ain't no diss. Just come try something new. You know what I'm saying? So I'd say uh, maybe uh, who else? Who's another good character? I definitely know Metal World Peace will come. Man, dude was just trying to fight the ghost. Is like why I want him to come through. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned that that you're a barber too. Like I seen you on the gram cutting guys like Nas, C Web, Grand Hill. You know, what's that experience like for you, you know, cutting, you know, high end clientele like that? Like I said, man, if I was able to come back as anybody, I'd come back as me again. It'd be it'd be a part two. I mean, it's been eye-opening, it's been Great to have them as mentors, as clients, and as friends. You know, as you become a barber, you know, as, as a barber, you have like layered relationships with your clients. So it's just cool to have layered relationships with most of the people that I've like really admired coming up and growing up. You know, just to see like the way that they handle certain things, you know, how they the way that they look at business, the way they look at opportunities, all those different things are kind of like stuff that kind of sticks out in my mind with the experiences that I've had. You know, I've been around, I've been cutting Nas's hair for almost 12 years now. If not 12 years, I think 12 years now. Yeah, 12 years now. So I've gone on maybe seven to eight tours with him. It's just been, you know, multiple years of just like seeing the globe with like a musical icon. And then when it comes to like Grant, you know, and, and C-Web, I mean, I've watched I've been at every finals for the last, last year was the only final that I had been in because I was in Europe touring with Nas and that's kind of cool, you know? So it was just like, everything just kind of overlapped. So I have this going with the pot, with the uh, paranormal for the top of the year. And then I kind of get to the shop and then I get to have, you know, my, my travels with my guys and it just kind of works. It's just dope. It's allowed me to see the world. It's allowed me to open up my perspective perspective to allow me to appreciate you know everything else that I'm doing so just being able to go in and out of different genres allows me to maintain a very I feel balanced life because I don't get bored that's good you know um they say idle hands is the devil's playground oh yeah or something like that but it's a, I, man listen <laughs> I played rock paper scissors with the devils on, on occasion before back in the day that's how much time I had on my hand. You know, I go back and forth a lot with people about this subject. And since you're the expert, let me ask you, is Jalen Rose hairline real or does he have any, you know, extra help maintaining it? So I used to cut Jalen also. I mean, I would put Jalen onto his current barber. Yes, it's enhancements. But nowadays, every haircut's pretty much enhanced. You know, yeah, but it is enhanced. Well, what though, like? Yeah, color, fibers. You can be coloring some fibers, some airbrush, you know. 
A lot of different things. You know, he's on TV, so he's like, oh, he, might, he says he might as well be flawless than actually flawed. You know what I'm saying? Especially if you can get these top barbers. Like a lot of us, you know, on this level, we're going to make you look like a <laughs> like a haircut picture, you know? Because back in the day, you remember back in the day, cats would go to a magazine or they see a poster. Now it's like they go to the gram and see people doing this. And for a lot of people listening to this, them, like them finding out Jalen Rose have, has extra help, you know, that's for them that's going to be like finding out Santa Claus isn't real. No, he still, okay, don't get me wrong. He still has his hairline. Mm-hmm. But he's taking HGH. It's an HGH to it, you know, hairline growth hormones. Hey, man, what, whatever it takes. <laughs> that's all right, man, I need you to rank the best hairline in the NBA, like the top three hairlines. Okay. In the NBA. Is that just NBA current players or? Like current players. Okay, who's playing right now. All right. Okay. Now, I've cut Dame, so Dame has a strong hairline. Dame has one of the, the best hair hairlines. Uh, but, you know, who when they fresh, fresh, they, they can hold a cut. Jason Tatum is probably number one right now because he cares about how his hair looks, so he's always going to kind of, like, brush it and do all the other stuff that's required. If Kyrie cared, Kyrie would hold a really fire cut, but he's never really ever cared. Um, James Harden could hold a nice cut, too. Uh, and his beard. Nah, well, Harden was in... If you remember when Harden was in... Uh, when Harden was in Houston, he had the heart. You know, that joint was the the Mohawk of Mohawks. And then what else? Who else has a good line? Clay. Clay Thompson. I've cut him a lot of times, pretty much for all his finals, except for this last one. <laughs> How about else? George? You know, you got a decent hairline. Oh, yeah. Paul George has a solid hairline. Paul George is a, yeah, Paul George is a keep a fresh cut. Who else? CJ McCullough. CJ be having a nice haircut every once in a while. He holds a nice fade. And then, oh, Lonzo. Who, Lonzo Ball? Yeah. Well, I, I never really looked at him. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, I was watching a game, I think it was around like March or April. Might have been a little bit back. But um, it was a Wolves game. It was a guy sitting courtside. He was getting a cut, like, in the middle of the game. Like, I never seen anything like that before. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. It was during the um, – was it during the All-Star? I'm, I'm not even sure. I just remember the the looks on um, on um, some of the players' faces. Yeah. <laughs> And I was during the playoffs. It was during the playoffs. It was during the playoffs. Oh, it was during the playoffs? Yeah, I knew it was um I knew it was recently. I had seen it. I'm like, damn. You know, it would be pretty funny if like the last person on the bench, you know, somebody that never plays was getting a cut. <laughs> was getting a lot. <laughs> that that's you know who probably would do would be the closest person to do that? It'd probably be uh Kyrie. <laughs> <laughs> Kyrie like I don't care. Trade me. 
<laughs> no, that would probably be the last straw for KD. If KD was like starting to get a if KD's getting a cut on the bench, then that means he definitely don't want to be there. Man, KD, I never seen him with a fresh cut though. So I ain't getting no cut on the bench. All right, man. So like before we go, we have to talk about some sneakers. Like, what's in your sneaker rotation right now? I know you mentioned Wolf White Fours earlier that you was gonna send to me. Yeah, I got the uh I don't yeah, I got a picture I'm gonna send right to you about those uh <laughs> it's a stock picture. Um on the show I've done some I've done I've done a lot of I've done the lab fours, the red lab fours, the black lab fours. I've done the I've got a lot of fours actually. All, I do all my unique shoes are fours for some odd reason. And then all my own, I got, you know, I wear a lot of ones on the show. I even rock some Aunt Pearls by uh, your boy Katie. I rock those for an episode. What else I had? I had some other stuff that was kind of hidden. But I'm pretty much, I do a lot of J's, man. I, I have a lot of Jordans and Nike, but my favorite shoe to wear is like an Adidas Boost, which is kind of funny. Yeah, like Adidas and um, and especially Yeezys, like those are the most comfortable shoes ever. Mm-hmm. I'm a Nike guy too, so like it's kind of hard for me to admit it, but hey, it is what it is. I mean, it's like night and day on the on the comfort fit. Yeah, especially if if you grew up on ones like us, like those are the yeah. most comfortable Jordans ever. But I like them though. Like yeah. I'll still wear them, but shit, I can't play in them or anything like that. But it's good to look good in. Yeah, I can't play in them ponies. <laughs> <laughs> like, do you like the um, any other off-white stuff? Yeah, I got some, that's that's the uh, the fours I got. Did some off-white, the off-white fours. How about the DR ones? Like, would you rock them on one of your Ghost Expeditions? Yes. Well, depends. If it's a house, yes. If it's like a house, yes. But- so I have to have different shoe wear for different environments. Yeah, if, we're in, if we're in a, a house that it has, like we do the conjuring house this year. If we're doing the conjuring house, I can wear anything on my feet because I'm not going to be outside. Or if, or if I know that we are going to be outside, then I might wear some like labs, you know, cause they can just easily wipe off, you know, some patent leather something. But typically I won't wear no, I won't wear no heat unless we're inside like a, a small house and it's gotta be a small house. It can't be no, like me walking, creasing up my joints just for this. And then y'all ain't gonna be, they ain't, they ain't gonna zoom in on my shoes. That's what makes me so mad. They don't be zooming in. So we wasted that wasted effort. Hey man, you wear some heat in the wrong place. You know, one of them ghost might, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Marcus. Um, I want to thank you for joining me today. You know, I really enjoyed this, um, conversation talking about the paranormal sneakers yes, um hoops like do you have any um other upcoming projects that you're working on um yes you guys can check out fright club which is out right now on travel channel with me Dalen Jawan, and jack osborne you can also catch us um sometime in the fall we're coming back out with ghost brothers uh lights out season two um 
we just got a lot of dope stuff just coming together, man. Like, go check out our pancake mix. We just, I mean, our pancake mix, I'm not on front, bro, is fire. Like, I don't even eat no other, I don't eat no other pancake mix. I ain't no Aunt Jemima. She ain't my mama.